This is the Bad Reputation Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes on your smartphone or tablet. Featuring the most up-to-date reputation management, social media, and entrepreneurial information on the web. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Todd Collins Official. And now, the host of Bad Reputation, the reputation rock star, Todd Collins. In three, two, one. Guys, welcome back. Uh, I know uh, a couple days ago I released a quick, fast, 27-minute rant on the patience that people need when they're running digital ads. Um, You guys think that things happen within 30 days. That is not the fact. Uh, I also ranted about a few other things, but it was 27 minutes, I feel like, of a bit of a rant, a bit of a wake-up call, and I dropped a couple mobile apps that I think you guys could use if you're going to create the content on your own that I think will help you uh, do better on TikTok, do better on Instagram, especially Instagram stories. I think it's just these are quick, fast apps that everybody can use, but here's the deal. A while back, because I love Instagram so much, and it always lets me know about people that maybe I just didn't know about, but for some reason I come across them and it just, I get like magnetized a little bit. And I'm like, I want to follow this person. Then I follow the person. And then just like you guys always ask me, you're like, man, how do you get guests on your show? Or how do you create connections with people? How did you meet that person? Dude, all I do is DM people. I'll DM them and be like, Hey, what are you doing? Hey, what's up? Cool. I like your stuff. You like my stuff. Awesome. Let's do something together. So I had to bust my ass but I finally got this young lady on and we were going to have her on a couple weeks ago, but she was really, really busy and we're going to get into why, but Marley Jacks is on the show. Oh, hi. Hello, darling. Hello. Yeah. You just slid into the DMs and I liked your style and I was like, let's do this. Yeah. I mean, here's the deal. If you guys, you guys don't realize if you actually did majority of us, like don't be fooled by the followers and by the likes and the shares. and the comments. If, if it's there, if there's an initial something there and you DM somebody, the odds are that these people are going to take time out of their day to try to help you, talk to you, whatever it is. Um, I don't, I don't, I believe, I believe the majority of the time that people don't realize how available people like us are. Yeah. I respond to every single DM. I, too. I see every single one. I respond to them, even if it's just a hello, thank you, heart emoji. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm the exact same way. And of course I give other people a little bit more attention, but you know, I, this, this was a, this was a tough one to put together. One, cause you're in, where are you right now? Right now I'm in Canada. Right. That's where you're originally from. Yeah. Yeah. It seems when people ask where I live, it seems I have a hard time saying, well, I have a house in Canada, but I'm always on the road. Right. But I happen to be home right now. Yeah. It's funny that like when I'm like, Hey, where do you live? And you go Canada. Like if you were to like ask I just me that's the whole country. Isn't it funny? Because if you and I have a lot of friends that live in Canada. I'm actually gonna be in Montreal um in like June or July. But people ask us where we're from here and we're like Maryland. Right. And you would be like, Where? I maybe you would. Maybe you I would know. Yeah. But if you were like, Oh, we're from Quackamoc. Kwak- I'm going to be like, I don't know where the fuck that is. And you're going to go, oh, dude, it's in Canada. Yeah. I just think it's funny how you're like, yeah, I'm from Canada. I'm in Canada. Yeah. And usually it doesn't go too much further than that. Like, people don't really care to know the city because I feel like they don't know the geography of Canada as well. Right. Do you say Zed? I say, well, no, now I'm more American, so I do say Z. I love it. I love it. Because I I was, that was one of the first times I was like extremely fooled was when I heard that, like, you know, it's just like X, Y, Z. And I'm like, what? What did you just say? What did you say? With my friends called What's That Canadian Word? Like we have words that you have not even, like it, for me, okay. Do you know what a parkade is? No. Tell me what that is, please. A parking garage. A parkade. Give me another one. A garburator. What's a garburator? Like your garbage disposal. Got it. And then give me one more. Um, toque. What's a toque? A, what you call a beanie. Toque, garburator, and parkade. Parkade. There's a ton of these words that like 
just they come out in conversation where my friends are like, what did you just say? But that's just, that's regular conversation for us, regular vocabulary. So here's the deal. If you guys get nothing out of the rest of this episode, you guys at least learn three new words that you can utilize uh, in your daily usage and really confuse people like parkade or garburator. Um, I, 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 I love the stuff that you do. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge, huge fan of trying to be do my part of shining a light on women that I believe are good role models for not only men, but also other women that are trying to, to not only run their own businesses, but, but really be leaders out there. And um, you're starting to really come into your own. I mean, you know, I've, of course, when we follow each other, you start going back, right? And you want to look at, it, at how the, the trajectory and the evolution of the person. And you can kind of see that with mine. And I know I can see that with yours. And you're starting to do, you're, it's, it's almost like I was last year where it was like, I'm, we're starting to peak, you're starting to get to that peak. And now this is the part where you start getting like, almost like nervous. And I know that like, I kind of felt that way too. Cause I like last year had a lot of stuff go on. And I started getting that feeling where I'm like, dude, am I good? Am I good enough to like be up here? Like there's probably people in the audience that are like better at this than me, or they know more than me or whatever. You start questioning everything and dealing with this like self doubt and stuff like that. But when we get into where, you know, where you were last week and, and the platform that you were on, let's start out like just kind of like a bit of your origin story. So people that don't know you that are listening to this episode that are here, um, they can at least get familiar with you. So t- just tell me about that. Where did, where did it all come from? Where did it all start? Where did it come from? I was a dental hygienist. I used to clean teeth all day, every day. Um, before that, I worked in radio and television and worked in event management um, in Toronto, Canada. And then I moved back where my family is in Edmonton. Um, and uh, and it, I, was, I was bored. I knew that, that, wasn't, that dental hygiene wasn't what I wanted to do. But when I was in entertainment, event management, that kind of stuff, I also just felt like kind of trapped in it. Um, also the egos in the industry, I just, I struggled with that. So I went back to dental hygiene while I figured out what I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, and I started doing social media just for my dental office because I knew how to do it from my previous jobs and I was right. bored with teeth. And uh, the IT guy asked if I could do social media for his other client. And then he ended up referring me to all of his clients. And then I suddenly had this business that I was like, wow, I. I can make, this is my ticket out of the night. Right, right. World. Um, so I started making videos for myself to try to get more clients, to get my name out there and get more visible. And even as a kid, I had always like, I would steal my dad's video camera and make silly videos, pretend I was like presenting the news and things like that. Or just, I would vlog with my friends in high school before I knew it what was a vlog. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I would make videos for myself about, about social media. And some of them really started to take off and got me clients. And then I thought, well, I wonder if I can do videos for my social media clients. So I started doing that. Um, and then that's how my business was created. And then I eventually left dental hygiene and came into the social media and video marketing world. And um, my business has really grown a ton. And I, I only started it three years ago. Yeah, and that it's, it's so funny. Like we have kind of the same like story there because like I grew up in I didn't know what I wanted to do for a living. And I grew up in the car business. Um, that's kind of like where I got my start. And to be quite honest with you, I don't think where I'd be where I am now without it because the sales training and it was so amazing. Um, and the people that I learned from, I mean, have some of these guys are, I mean, are, are no longer even alive, but the sales training and it was amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Just the, the ability, the, the way that they taught and gave us the ability to overcome objections and the work ethic, uh, coming up then I'm 41 now but to be able to come up then um and learn from those guys it's it's it was pretty amazing but for some reason and I love the business I love the money but I was kind of like you where I was like am I is this it? it like I'm working nine in the morning till sometimes 11 at night I'm being paid very very well I barely see anybody though other than the job and I'm okay with that but is this it yeah and I, I was on a fast track, man. I mean, I was like salesman, finance manager, sales manager, general manager, owned my own dealership for four years. Like, like we, I was doing it all, but I still wasn't satisfied. And then an opportunity came, same situation with you. But I was doing a lot of the things back then that weren't normal. 
So like, I remember like I had a laptop and this is like in the early 2000s and I pulled it out and I was using Microsoft Office as a CRM program and there was no CRM programs yeah. back then. And I remember the dealer principal came over and I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm logging my customers as they come in, ones I talk to, creating follow-ups and things of that nature. And he's like, why are you using a computer? Where did you get a computer? And I'm like, I don't, I just had it. Like, I don't know. You know, it was like really weird to like think like that. I, I remember talking men to buy me a Blackberry so I could increase response times to customers that put in inquiries on the internet. This is back when sales dealerships were like, there's no fuck, we're never going to sell fucking cars on the internet. It's never going to happen. Surprise. But so I knew, right? Like you knew, like you were like, yes, it's like, I'm, I'm more than this. Like something's more, something out there is, is more. And, and that's what we did. We launched, we launched our, our agency. We had no clients, you know, and now we're a multi-million dollar agency, like seven years later, yeah. you know, and you're on that same trajectory. There's no question. If you're not already there, you're going to be there eventually. It's just how it is with you. It's interesting though. And same with me. I didn't really step out as like a personal brand face until about three years ago. And that was forced by my business partner. And now he's kind of, I mean, we talk about it and laugh about it now. He's like, man, I don't know if I wish we would have ever done that. Because now you have an issue where the brand person that is, is almost even killed with the agency. Do you know what I mean? So like with you, when people hire you, and I know you probably have some team members, right? Yeah, we have a team of 15. Yeah, so, and yeah, so you're right there with us close to us when people hire your agency they think they're get they're getting you 100 percent, right sometimes yeah sometimes does that does that get in the way not as much because when we now we've included that in our onboarding process of like i'll onboard you and then here's the people you work with along the way that are specialized in these things right um, and they still get check-ins and touch points with me that it's not it's not reliant on me though. And so it, when we started it like that and then had to change it, it was, it's like, you can't set boundaries backwards. So it helped when we put that into our onboarding process. Yeah. And that's one of the things about a lot of people don't realize, like, it's funny. You, you see these things all the time where it's like, Oh, start your own agency, create your own agency and did it. Dude, it does not work like that. Like I hate to like break it to everybody out there, but it's not that easy. You have to be able to pivot on a dime mm -hmm. and you learn as you go. So one of the key words that Marley just mentioned was onboarding. And that's you creating processes within your business to set expectations. Because a lot of the times when we're dealing with things in the digital world, as you know, we say one thing, the, the customer hears a completely different thing the expectation may not have been set in place correctly. And then now we have a customer who is upset yeah. by results, right? Which goes back to my rant from a couple days ago of don't, you're not, don't, do not hire me or our agency for ads. If you think in 30 days, you're going to open your email and there's going to be 162 leads in there. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. Can you back me up on that, please? Yeah, it doesn't work unless you do. And there is this this period of uh, onboarding and tweaking and optimizing and learning the audience. That's just how it goes. But they don't get it. You've got to be able to do your time and set it up properly if you want that strong foundation. Right. And so that's, yeah. And so that's one of the, that's one of the reasons I, I also wanted you on is because how long did you, how much time did you put it? You said three years, but I mean, you were working on this way before that, right? I mean, you already had yeah. kind of the plan in place, right? Yeah, I love that phrase that's like, you're not paying me by the hour, you're paying me by like for how many years it took me to learn this. Right. Like that's where the skills come from. So yeah, like I, I mean, I was vlogging as a kid. I was learning storytelling from Disney movies when I was a toddler. Right. Um, I was I was learning social media in all of my jobs when I was in high school and, and university. And then when I finally started my business and learning that you could like charge for this and add tax, that might be where my experience started when I like hit the go button on this business. But yeah, it's, it's years and, and lifetimes of, of work. Talk, talk to me a little bit about the risk thing, because I know that that's one of those things that, look, there's a, there's a lot of people that believe that entrepreneurship 
is not stressful or doesn't have doesn't doesn't cause a lot of pressure and things like that. And I'm one of those people that goes to the gym every day. I don't drink. I mean, like, right? And I just came from the doctors. I was just talking to Marley before the show uh, that I came from the doctors and he did my blood pressure and he said, you're 130 over 88. Now, which is weird because I'm 5'11", I weigh 168 pounds. I'm in, I would say, fairly good shape. And he's like, your blood pressure's a little high. And I'm like, hmm. And he's like, cut back on the salt. And I'm like, hmm, I don't need salt. Like, pretty much, I don't have salt. And he's like, yeah. I was like, where do you need me? And he goes, 128 over like 85. And I'm like, come on, dude, I'm 130 over 88. I mean, that's like that close. And he goes, it's a big difference, believe it or not. And I said, okay. I asked him, I said, where do you think the stress and pressure is coming from? And he goes, well, what do you do for a living? Uh-huh. Well, then I told him and he goes, oh, well then it completely makes sense now. You're responsible yeah. for 23 other individuals. Pressure. But beyond that, your audience too, the people right. that you can impact on a daily basis. Sure, you pay people's bills and you help them to pay their mortgages, but there's also these people that are relying on you for your message and your impact and what you're going to do for them every single day, all of your clients who are paying your bills too. And it's, and you're investing time and heart and blood and tears and everything into this business that, that relies on you. It's, um, it, I, I, there's that quote of like entrepreneurs will give up working 40 hours a week for someone else to work a hundred hours a week for themselves. It's not yep. a nine to five. It's from when I open my eyes to when I close my eyes. Yep. Yeah. It's 24 yeah. seven, but I wouldn't trade it. No, I would not trade it because I can't, when, when you and I are done this episode, I can go into my office, I can change into my gym clothes and I can go down to the gym and not everybody else can do that. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I'm free. I, I, if I want to, I can just stop today and that's it. And just take three weeks off. I wouldn't do that. And I know that you're not that type of person either. You're like vacation. What? No, I'm, I'm good. Like, I'm like that too. What, what, one of the things I wanted to ask you was, um, when dealing with the expectation of when you onboard the customer and you bring them through, what are the expectations that you, you put out there from a standpoint? Let's say the customer doesn't live near you. Let's say it's a customer that's, that is that is from the United States, because I'm sure you have clients that are in the United States. Makes would make perfect sense. How do you help them strategize from a standpoint of building out content and getting them to understand that it's the small little things first before they start seeing the results? Like we were just talking about, it's taking you three years and now you're like, oh, now it's this, right? Same with me, it was like two, three years and then this. How do you help them strategize that? Because it's it's difficult. People ask, people ask that question a lot. You know, how do you get there? Yeah, we when we onboard a client, we actually show them a roadmap of like, yeah. here are the milestones. Like it's almost like a candy, Candy, can, Candy Lane, Candy, you know that movie? Candy Lane, the, the, the Candy game, Land. yeah, 100%. Yeah, it's like, hey, we're going to start with onboarding, and here's the steps. And then the next step are, are filming, and then that's what that's going to look like. And then we're going to go into execution, and then that's what that's going to look like. And here's the results we've gotten for our clients, and here's the results we've gotten for, like, similar people in a similar industry or niche as you. Right. And here's what we expect. And, and then also along the way is the reporting to go, here's how this is looking. And showing that we're in control of that and making the tweaks or optimizations and always trying to be a step ahead of the client so they're not asking us questions we're getting ahead of them to show i'm treating your business your baby as if it is my own yeah and those are things that we learned as we go um i I can tell you that um you know there were little things for us where like we over reported like we really did like you're saying you were getting the customer before the customer was getting to you and i mean we were doing um, multiple daily reports for people and they were and a lot of our clients came back to us and they were like it's too much we, we don't need to know that much so we moved it back to it's now it's weekly monthly that and then there's a te- there's a, like 11 o'clock daily report that goes out that breaks down just just kind of like an overview of what what occurred that day and they liked it better. And that's one of the big things is like listening to, we ask a lot. We ask our clients a lot of questions all the time. How can we get better? What can we do better? What do you want to see? What would you like to have? Like, I mean, these types of things. And I, I believe a lot of people, either when they start their own agency, they start their own marketing company, or they have their own business and they're trying to do things, they're, they're not asking. They're not asking, how did you find me? They're not asking, how can I do better for you? 
what are you seeing out there that you that maybe we don't provide that we could provide for you so you don't leave right and stay at that top of that funnel to be able to create upsells for yourself i i just i just i i wish i could answer those questions better for the people when they ask those when they when they ask that question to me right like they'll say how do you get more followers on facebook and i'm like i don't even want to answer that question because i'm i'm gonna say let me see your facebook page and i'll take a look at it and i'll be like and this is one of the questions that i always ask and it's the best way to start it would you if you weren't you would you follow you Hmm. that says a lot and if you're really honest with yourself it will really and by putting those lenses on it'll really really open you up to going the type of content that you're going to be putting out yeah right like for us like we might put out, like you and I might put out like a like a quote, and we might think it's like the most banger graphic, like hottest quote, like this, that, and everything else. And we put it out, and we're like crickets. And then we put out like one of us, like I don't know, man, getting hit in the head with a sign, and all of a sudden it's like, oh my god, this is the best ever, blah 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 blah. Yeah. And you start realizing it's like, dude, the consumer. We know we got to put out the little, we got to drip the business stuff in. We know we got to drip some of the other stuff in to kind of let people know the kind of person we are. But at the end of the day, people want to laugh. They want to be educated. They want to be informed. And why I think it works for you is because you touch on all three of those categories on a daily basis. Might not be on this platform, but you do it on this platform. And so that's one of the, that's one of the things that I really like about you. And I also believe that the cadence of how you talk to the, your followers is what has created some of the things that have manifested for you over the, especially this last year, right? So let's talk about that. So you built the agency, you built the agency up and you got, you have 15 people that are working under you now or working with you, whatever way you want to, whatever way you want to say it. You, you got involved with ClickFunnels. Yeah. Now, there's some people that don't like click funnels. There's some people that go the opposite way, right? And they want to use different different pieces of, of software. I, I mean, there's multiple ones out there, right? I will tell you that from a lead generation standpoint, because I personally do not like to be real salesy on my social media. I'm, I'm, I'm actually kind of the opposite of that. But for our agency and what we use, the survey funnel is our top performing lead generation tool on the planet matched up with proper running of Facebook, Instagram, Google AdWords, um, YouTube pre-rolls, things of that nature. That survey link is the best lead generation generation tool that I've ever seen in my entire life. Now it's the, it's one we built and it's done very very well. How did you get in t- how did you get involved with ClickFunnels? Did you look at the platform and go, mm, "This looks interesting," or what? What was the what was the movement there? What caused that? My introduction was um, a friend of mine first said like, okay, we need to make these sales pages. And uh, he was using lead pages. So that mm-hmm. was my first, it was just use lead pages because my friend was. And then as I started to get more involved in the marketing world, uh, my best friend went to this event, Funnel Hacking Live. Mm-hmm. And she came home just raving about it and said like, it was so amazing. She joined Russell Brunson's inner circle and was like, you got to follow this guy. And, and as soon as she, it's like, as soon as she said that I immediately start getting retargeted with ads because I'm sure, sure. my phone is listening. And so I see this Russell guy and he's everywhere on every single platform blowing me up with all these ads. And so I just, I think it was just, I, I don't even remember if there was like a specific ad that got me or it was probably the free plus shipping book. And, and I got his book and started reading it. It was like, I really like this. Um, and then my best friend, her business started blowing up and I was like, well, it works for her. Um, and so the next year I joined her and went to funnel hacking live and I remembered seeing her and again, just, just the year before she was just getting started. And this year that the year that I was there, 2018, she crossed the stage getting her two comma club award to celebrate that she had earned a million dollars in her business. And it, it raised the ceiling for me to go, when I was a dental hygienist, I thought making six figures in a year, making a hundred thousand dollars would be a dream. Mm-hmm. And here I see my best friend who used to be a hairstylist, who used to be a, a single mom. And then she started this side hustle. She made a million dollars in a year. So it showed me what was possible. And all these people that are crossing the stage that are making a million dollars. And it, and it, if they're doing, and I'm like, 
I can too. And then you see the people making, getting the $10 million award. So it just, it showed me that the ceiling was raised and sure, this is a software, it's a tool, but it's also the the culture that it's creating and the leadership and the and the education that it gives you in the community. The, the, the community of funnel hackers, what they call right. themselves, it's incredible and inspiring. Did you, I mean, are you all encompassing? Are you are you utilizing ClickFunnels like on a daily basis? Like Absolutely. it's 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 all you use. Yes. From from lead generation standpoint. Yes, I mean, we use the social media and Facebook ads to drive to our funnels. Sure. And these funnels are generating leads for us all day, every day. Here's a question for you, because many people out there don't get this and maybe don't understand it. Talk to me about the importance of tracking and placing pixels on those particular landing pages if you're running ads? Incredibly important. If you don't, you're literally leaving money on the table. You're stepping over $100 bills to pick up pennies. Um, it's And that's one of the first things that we do when we, when we do work with clients is like take a quick look at their website, at their funnels, just look at the little pixel helper tool and see, do they have a pixel on it? Are they utilizing it? Or are they leaving money on the table? Um, so it's, it's, it's like 101, like it has to be, you have to use pixels to retarget and to be able to pick up that data. And it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty amazing to me, the, the amount. So, you know, we'll sit down in, in meetings with, with potential clients, um, or I'll sit down and, and I, I want to talk to you about this in a second, cause it, it happens to me quite often. We'll sit down in a meeting and then the internal marketing people are, are inside the, meetings or sitting at the table and we're talking and they, you know we'll, I'll open end the questions because I, I, I want them to step in their own shit yeah and I'll say like you know are, you know have we run ads or we or if we've been previously running ads you know for this business yes okay what type of ads go back through that what are we running the ads back to the website okay great my question to you is this can you show me any of the custom audiences or the lookalike audiences that have been created from this? And it's, and again, crickets. And then I look at the C-level and go, if I was sitting in your chair right now, I'd fire all four of those people because I have no fucking clue where my money is. If I say, what's your current CPC? What's your CPI? Like, I mean, we could go deep, right? The ammunition's there. And that's one of the big things that I have concerns with is that there are companies out there, they're hiring internal marketing people based on marketing degrees and things of that nature. And these people don't have a fucking clue of what's going on out there. And they don't understand that when we walk in and we sit down, and I know this has happened to you, you walk in, you sit down in the meeting, the internal marketing person's there, you're a, you're a direct threat to that person's job. Instead, you don't want to be a direct threat to that person's job. What you really want to do is be like, dude, I'm going to make you look like a superhuman. Yeah. You're going to look like you made the best decision ever bringing us on to be able to assist you. That being the fact, they still don't want to do that. Can you talk to me about how you've overcome situations like that? Because I'm sure you've got some pretty cool stories. I mean, showing them the result. Here's here's what you're doing. Here's what you could be doing. And sometimes if it even takes a little bit of a, like a taste of, hey, here's what we could run for you for maybe a, a short amount of time. Um, but it, to, and, but honestly, to me, if, if people don't see the the value in it by showing the results, the case studies, what their competitors are doing. Like how painful is that to see that your competitors are succeeding where you aren't? If I still have to try to convince somebody of it, that might not be my client and that's totally okay. I'll go make millions of dollars for their competitors instead. Yeah, and I've said that before too. I I mean, I, I believe that you reach a level eventually where you get to decide. I actually just posted about this on LinkedIn the other day, but it was a, it was a video testimonial of one of our real estate clients. She said some really awesome stuff about me, and I love doing stuff with her. And her and I are doing like a charity event in April together, raising money for the Children's Hospital. 
um, University of Maryland Children's Hospital. And I just was like, man, I'm so blessed to be in a place where I can choose who to do business with. Like, I mean, there's, I mean, oddly enough, I just fired a client yesterday too. Yeah. Because of how she spoke, she spoke to one of my employees. Um, and you know, you being a leader, same situation. It's like, I have zero tolerance for that stuff. Like if you talk, if you talk in a way to one of my employees, I don't care how much money you pass, like you're gone. There's no tolerance to it whatsoever. And I, because we respect them, so they should respect us. It's just how it is. But I just, I just, we, that's one of the, that's one of the big things that we've, I've done, maybe I've dealt with personally. And, and I, I, I'm assuming that you probably have as well is where there's just sometimes the internal marketing people just don't like you because you're a threat to, to, to what they can do. And they don't realize that just utilizing your mind and your creativity can sometimes actually make them look better. Mm-hmm. And I wish that they would just understand that, but unfortunately they don't, which was kind of like my 27 minute rant yesterday. So it is what it is. <laughs> All right, so you go, you 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 do the click funnel thing. That's going great. Everything's going awesome. That was back in you said 2018 was when you went there, right? Yeah. 2019 comes around. What starts to change? Uh, I learned how to not run my business by myself. Like you go from like when you start CEO, chief everything officer. Right. So I'm doing everything myself, and I'm drowning. And I have a certain capacity, but I'm still trying to, because I'm like, I, I gotta make money. I just gotta do it. Um, I had a, an amazing mentor, Alex Sharpin, who said to me, Marley, you're not that special. You're not a snowflake unicorn. There are other people that can do this and you need to hire an assistant, an editor, a client manager, all of these things. And part of that feels like relinquishing control Part of that feels like, well, now I have to manage people and I'm not good at managing people. Um, But then I, Alex, my mentor helped me to really realize like, it's not about managing, it's about leading Mm -hmm. and having the right people in place and working in, in my superpower and fostering the superpower in my, my team that I get to be a leader, not a manager. And so I started hiring, I started looking at all the things that I was doing every day and starting to categorize them by what's strategic, what's tactical, what can be outsourced and hired for those roles. And I still do that all the time. I do a time study where I look at everything I'm doing every day and I go, what has to be me and what can go to someone else? And then every few weeks I look at my my time study and make a job description from it and then hire for that role to take that off my plate. So then I move into the next phase of evolution and strategy and then hire for that. Um, and that's what's allowed me to to grow and to have a team that can manage the things so that if I do need to step away or if I'm at a speaking engagement or, you know, like we said, vacation would be nice. Right. Yeah. What's the time? Break down to me how you do the time study because I think that's a, a pretty cool thing. I, I mean, I know my assumption is that it's some sort of calendar or whatever it is, but I, in my opinion, I think it would probably help some of the listeners. Yeah. It's, it's honestly a piece of paper, write down what you do every 15 minutes and you don't have to stop what you're doing every 15 minutes. If you start working on something and an hour later you're finished it, write down for this hour, this is what I did. Um, and I get detailed about it. And also to look at, did I take a break for lunch or was I with my family? And you also categorize by what you did for self-care and what you did for family, um, for family time so that you can also look at what's my work-life balance as well that am I spending enough time in self-care or am I just all work and no play um, and no rest because I need to be able to fuel this engine to keep it going sure so um so yeah it's just it's writing down everything you do from from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep and categorizing it and then looking at what's tactical what's strategic what's self-care and what's family I like that tactical strategic self-care and then family is the fourth yeah and you write down that every 15 minutes. Yeah. And, podcast episode. Yeah. And not that you have to stop every 15 minutes because okay. I don't want to be interrupted, but like here I'm doing a task and I write it down. And I put like, I, they're in 15 minute increments that you can just, I mean, you can do it in a spreadsheet. You can get a template. Like if you Google time study, um, you can find these little templates and just keep a, keep a study of what are you actually spending your time doing. The other thing is it keeps you accountable because I don't want to write down that I scrolled through Instagram for 45 minutes. 
but you do. And we all do. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is that like, um, we, the one thing for me that I knew that I had to get better at, which is incorrect grammar is scheduling. Like I'm so bad at scheduling. I'm really, really bad at it. So I had to find somebody that could help keep me on like an organized task because what'll happen is, and I know that I know this happens to you is you don't like saying no to people. I'm still, I'm still getting really, I'm getting better at that now, but somebody let me up and be like, Hey, can you meet up with me at 11 o'clock on Thursday? And in like my head, I'm just like, yep, sure. No problem. But I'm not like taking into consideration that I said, yep, sure. No problem to three other people for next Thursday. And I'm like, fuck. And like, that has happened to me like multiple times over the last problem. And I don't know if it's because of me, I, I'm not going to blame it on age. Maybe it is because I'm getting older. I don't know. But I think it's also because of the fact that like, I hate not take, I, I like taking advantage of opportunities when they come, if they're there, then I want to grab the opportunity as quick as possible. And that's from like just old school training that I, the way that I've been trained. But at the same time, my organizational skills, I know need work. Um, and I use like Evernote and stuff like that. But even, even that at, at, at points of times, it's just not enough. Like it just doesn't make things um, viable. So I'm going to actually try this and, and I'm going to find the spreadsheet and see if I can work it out and yeah. try to keep that way. Cause I do, I, sh- I struggle with that. I struggle with the family side. There's no question about it. Like, and I've always, I've always been like that. I've always worked more and felt more comfortable in the work than I have standing on the sidelines, watching the soccer game. Yeah. And sometimes there's like this pressure that that's, you should let loose and you should be able to just do that with your family. And, and I struggle with that guilt sometimes, but then I also think to myself that instead of, I mean, someone else will look at that and call it work. They go, you work too much and you, you're always doing this. But for me, it's, I'm not, it doesn't feel like work. I'm in flow creating. This is my, this is my genius. I'm playing. This is how it feels like to me. Right. Um, But I recognize where I do need to fuel myself and not burn out every six months. Yeah. And I mean, I, it's something that I, I still struggle with to this day. Like, and I, I've even said to myself, I'm like, am I ever, is it ever really going to change? Like, am I ever going to, I feel guilty when I'm not working. Right. It's the weirdest thing to say, but like, I got, I got, I had got like the flu. I think I told you about this. Like I got the flu, like last week or something like that I think it was the flow it was like for like three days or whatever I was like down and out I'm working from home like wasn't at the office felt super weird because I spend more time at the office than I do at home and I felt like so guilty for laying in my bed and like for like an hour or two hours and not doing anything and that's just something that like it just it just feels weird to me like I feel like I could I should be doing something well Um, it's it's because we're so we're momentum based and yeah. when we're not moving and when we're not making a contribution it feels like we're dying yes you're in bed and you might also feel like death but you're not progressing like you you are used to creating and moving forward and, and momentum and contributing to other people in their lives and, and checking things off to-do lists and when you are forced to do nothing yeah it was brutal dude it was brutal like i remember i got back in the gym like the fourth day and i was like running on the treadmill treadmill and i'm like and i usually run like two three miles a day and i was like and i'm like i shouldn't be here right now like this is the this is the like if i asked any medical doctor or nurse practitioner right now if after three days of being on bed rest should i be back in the gym running two to three miles every one of them would have been like are you crazy yes but but I walked out of that gym and I felt spectacular and I got better very, very fast. So I don't know, maybe, maybe that's what it was. Maybe that I gave my body a rest. I don't know, but that was, um, I don't like being down. I don't not, I don't like not working on something. And and I think you hit the nail on the head is that I'm, we're, we're, we're very momentum driven. I need to be doing something constantly. Um, you know, when you talk, say it's ADHD or whatever it is, you can blame it on whatever you want, but it's just something that I need. I need to be able to, to continuously either A, getting better at something or creating something for someone else or whatever it is. I need to have that. It sounds like the definition of an entrepreneur. Yeah. I mean, I agree a hundred percent. 
2018, you grow the business, you're doing awesome, things are going great. Or I'm sorry, 2000, this is 2019, this is happening. You go back to funnel hacking again? Yep. Okay, you're in the audience again? I'm in the audience and there's this video where I point up at the stage and I say, next year, I'm gonna be on that stage. What happened? Next year, I was on that stage, twice. Goddamn right. Yeah. Goddamn right. Yeah. That's, there was a, there was a, somebody did a video of you, if I'm not mistaken, where it was like an emotional kind of thing too, right? Did I see this one where it was like, kind of like a story of- Probably. You know, all coming together. We make a lot of these videos, yeah. And and really- it, I think you put it out. I think it was actually, you put it out and I was watching it and got, I got, I, dude, I got like super pumped when I was watching it. Cause at like towards the end, you were rocking the gold leather jacket with the gold shoes and the black jeans. I'm like, look at this motherfucker just coming out of nowhere, looking like a little rock star crossing the stage. And I was like, it was cool because it was like showing the story of how you got there. And it was, it was really amazing. And it was like, I remember we, we talked like a week before you, you went and you were like, I'm so swamped right now can we like do this after the thing? And I said, yeah, actually it's going to be better to do it after I think, because we can then talk about that. So I was, we were already already following each other at that point. So I'm following you and I'm watching the process yeah. as the week lo- loads up for you. I'm watching, I'm watching. And then I see your area, you she's getting on the plane. She's starting to go out. And then I see you getting ready and everything else like that. And it's all leading up to this like moment and there's one image of you it was my favorite one me too and it was the one where you were crouched down head was down i think it was right after maybe right the after moment. you got off. yeah the moment i stepped off stage and you were just like i think that was like your moment where you were like fuck man i did this shit you last year looked at that thing said i'm gonna be up there you did everything in your power and then you got there and it was just such a cool moment. I don't know who, I, I think one of your friends grabbed that image or took that picture or whatever it was. Yeah, there was a photographer, one of the FHL photographers, a good yeah. friend of mine. Yeah, yeah, I remember you tagged him and you were like, dude, I can't even tell you how important this image is to me. I'm and gonna blow it up and make it wallpaper. It spoke, if you follow Marley, it spoke so much because I will tell you that I've been there and I felt that. Like, I remember like when I did the thing with um, John Taffer when we were in Vegas and I'm going back this year to do it again actually next month and I remember I walked off stage and it was like I think there were like 400 people I mean that this was nowhere near what you were speaking in front of at Funnel Hack but I think it was like 400 people in the room I didn't think four. I didn't I didn't know how many people were showing up just to see me this is what it was this was a room my assumption was this 20-30 people wow. I'm good with that I walk in, the fucking room's got 422 people in it. And I'm like, fuck. And then I walked off and I remember somebody shot a picture of it and I, it was a really cool picture. It was like where I was like down in the audience or whatever it was. And I just remember being like, yup, I, I can handle this. I'm good with this now. And then that's when everything else started blowing up for me. Now, my question to you is after you did that, because from what I've heard from a lot of my buddies that went, they said, that you stole the show (laughs) from what I heard that it was like after your speech and after you talked and after you told your story and things of that nature that that you you were what everyone was talking about what's happened since then um I can't keep up with my inbox my Facebook messages are crazy um, it's Valentine's Day, so I got a lot of requests for, for to be their Valentine today. It's very nice. Um, yeah, just it, it feels like this is what I've been working towards. This this impact, this exposure, this just ability to reach people. And there were there were things that I rehearsed to say, and then there were things that I got on stage and just was like, this just came through me. I got to say it. Yeah. Um, and one of the most quoted lines that I saw people share on Instagram and Twitter and things was that um, helping people doesn't stop just because your life isn't perfect. Because I had just shared, and this is one of the things that I didn't plan on sharing, was that my marriage just ended. 
Yeah. And it was the number one time in my life where I felt like a failure and I felt like, okay, I just gotta, I gotta take the, take the loss and I'm gonna, I'm gonna go quiet for a while and I'm gonna figure some stuff out because why would anyone even listen to me when I don't have my life figured out? Right. I considered just stopping for a while. Um, And then I quickly had the realization that like, if I let that negatively impact me to the point that I would quit, it wouldn't just impact me. Right. And so I I created this video uh, a month or whatever ago now and announced it to the world. Because first I changed my name on social media and didn't say anything about it. And people were confused and asked questions. And then I made this video to announce why. Um, and the, oh my God, just the response from that video and then just being open and vulnerable and sharing appropriately. Because one of the things that I shared in this video was that I, I've always been transparent and vulnerable in my content, but that I'm committed to sharing the scars and not the wounds. Sure. And, um, and that opened up a huge audience. People were watching. And because I've been able to show that I'm pushing on despite my circumstances and that, and now to have this audience that's encouraging me to push on for them and not just for me, that keeps me going. And so that was one of the things that I shared from stage and, and I continue to get messages about today. It's funny how the minute that you open up the personal side and like the vulnerable side is when things change. So it's like funny that you bring up the divorce thing. Cause that like totally happened to me. Yeah. Same situation. I got, uh, I got married way too young. Um, I'm, I'm still friends with my ex-wife, but we, we went through a divorce. We had kids together and things of that nature. And, um, and then, uh, I was with another person for like eight years and then we broke up and then that was just like same situation. I was like, we're back together. But it was like, it was one of those things where I went through divorce, bankruptcy and like a couple other things, like all at the same time. Yeah. And we were starting this business. So I wonder your blood pressure is a little high. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of scars on this face, buddy. But yeah. the point is, is that like, I made, it was funny, it was my first podcast episode. I was like, this, that's gonna be the first episode is gonna be telling my story. And now what I'm doing really is helping other people kind of tell their stories and then they get the, the ability to let it live on forever and let it and share it and things of that nature. But the minute that I shared all those things on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Instagram, on all these things, like I remember the day that I posted it. In, f- in fact, it was, it was interesting. I was like, I'm going to post this on LinkedIn because, and this is back when like nobody was on fucking LinkedIn. Like if anybody was there, it was like a 65 year old guy. He wasn't even looking at LinkedIn. He was just like, somebody told him he had to be there. And I posted this like, it was like 1,242 characters. It was like the max that you can get on LinkedIn and it just blew up. And I was like, hmm, maybe I'll share it on Facebook. And I shared it on Facebook. And next thing you know, it was like, I should just start posting like this every day. And I did, and then that was it. I just opened the floodgates. Now, like, it's funny, you'll come off stage and you'll talk to people and you think that they're gonna ask you a question about social media or like a mobile app or this and everything else. And you're like, dude, I'm going through a divorce right now. And when you talked about that, like it really spoke to me and it really helped me. They didn't DM you, they didn't like the post, but they came up to you and said, I watch everything that you do. And I saw that and it really, Right? It's so weird. And, and it's funny, Marley. And it's one thing, this one thing I want you to take away from this, if, if you don't, is that one of my friends, Mike, told me this guy's been, I mean, he's got a lot of followers on Instagram. Local guy, he's been on, he was, a lot of his videos have gone viral. He did, he's the one, he's the guy that did like the wedding rap. And he's been sponsored by like um, Good Humor Ice Cream. Like he does like funny raps and stuff like that. And I remember he told me he's in the real estate industry and I got done doing this real estate thing where I spoke at, at this speech and it opened up our agency to like the availability of working with real estate agents and mortgage companies and things of that nature. And I remember he said to me, he goes, dude, your stuff's so hot right now in real estate. And he's like here. And I said, yeah, I know it. They're like engaging a lot with me on social media. And he goes, that's like 1% of what everybody else is saying about you that you don't hear. Yeah. So, right? He was like, there's so many people talking about you. They're just not engaging. They might not like the poster and they might not comment or they might not, he's like, but they're all talking. And I was like, oh, 
okay. And then those are the same people that come up to you afterwards and they're like, oh my God, I love all your stuff. And you're gonna be like, dude, I don't, I've never even seen you like, like my stuff. Like, what are you doing? They're just not like that. But they, they're watching you, they're following you, they love you, but they're not that type of person, if that makes sense. Yeah. But they always end up talking about the vulnerable personal stuff. It never ends up really being about anything else. And I think it's, I think it's just goes to, to show that people want to know, they want to see people that have been through shit and come out the other side. And if it's in some way that person's going through that moment and they can see that, oh, okay. If that person can get through it, I can get through it. Like, yeah. I can get there too. And like, we don't realize how much that just sharing that vulnerability at that one point in time could have helped so many people. We Sometimes we just never know, um, but it does. There are so many people I've never met who have helped me through things just because of their art or their words or whatever expression. And, and sure, I get backlash sometimes. And then I feel that and I write about it too. Oh yeah, I do too, man. I got an, I got an email the other day from some guy. I've never even met the guy. And he was like... Um, He's like, you know, Todd, you cuss a lot and a lot of the stuff that you put up there. And I said, well, I said, here's the deal. I said, my dad was in the army for 28 years. The United States army for 28 years. He was born in 1948. He's now 73, 74 years old. Growing up with a guy like that, how do you think he talked? Lots of cusses. <laughs> a lot of cussing. I grew up in between two cornfields in the middle of Carroll County, which is the most like farm-esque area you could ever imagine in a state i mean it's really crazy it's like like a little redneck kind of like neighborhood thing and in based on that it's just like i'm just i'm just talking the way that i've always talked like in real life i cuss when i talk right like it's just normal but it's also, they're also impactful words for a reason. So like a lot of people don't realize, like if you go and see Tony Robbins speak, and Tony Robbins is a well-known, very, very positive person. But if you go hear him speak, be warned. You will hear the word shit fuck probably 30 or 40 times in an hour that he's talking. There's no question about it. You just have to understand. And he uses those words specifically for a reason. One, it's to keep your attention. Two, it's to make what he's saying even more impactful and realistic to you. That that's how we all talk in the real world. So don't let it offend you. Anyway, this guy sends me a three paragraph email and he goes, hey man, just wanted you to know that there's a lot of business opportunities that you haven't gotten because of the things that you say on social media. And I responded back to him fuck you. I'm more willing to deal with those ramifications of not doing business with those people because you know who those people are, right? Those are the people that you didn't want to do business with in the first place anyway, right? I mean, it's just the bottom line. I already know that. So we've been able to create our own. We've been able to be so transparent and so vulnerable that we've been able to create our following based on the people that we would be friends with anyway. Absolutely. You'd want to do business with anyway. And I think that's where people get it mixed up and don't realize it. Yeah. So I just find it interesting. So moving right along, you come off funnel hacking, DMs are, are, DMs are happening, messages are happening. How's business after that? Big, biggest month ever. So <laughs> going up. I believe it. Yeah. Real quick question. If ClickFunnels shut down tomorrow, would your agency be okay? Well, it would probably be a big pain, but yeah. we to transfer to a new software and I'm sure I would grieve for a while. <laughs> but um, I do think that everything is figure outable, but it would leave a massive gap. Okay. Does that, be, does, is that, do you think about that? I don't think about, because I don't, I don't think ClickFunnels is going anywhere. And I mean, it's a tool, but it's also, it's, I also, I don't want to, I, I can make other sales funnels with other platforms, right? but ClickFunnels gives me the resources that makes it easy for me right. and the community and the, like, I, I would also be devastated because of the community that I would lose and the friends that I wouldn't have these events to keep seeing and masterminding with. Right. So it would be more than just the business that would suffer if I had to, like I would really have to start from scratch in several ways to rebuild many of my funnels and my systems. 
Do you feel like that that keep that makes you vulnerable in a way? To rely on someone else's platform? Yeah. Sure. Does that get you thinking at all? I mean, it. It. We always try to diversify. Like I use YouTube a lot. We use Facebook. We use Instagram. We use Pinterest. We have YouTube ads. We have Facebook ads. So we we do have our eggs in various baskets. Um, and there are other tools that if I had to, I would, I would do what I had to do. Um, yeah. But I just hope that it doesn't happen. Yeah, and I, I don't think it will. I really don't. I think it's, I think it's a properly run company. I think that they, they manage um, themselves uh, from that, from that aspect very, very well. And I, and I really haven't seen anybody that's been able to dent the uh, tribe esque. Um, feeling or duplicate it in that way that they've been able to. I really haven't. And that's why I believe that it actually would be just fine anyway, because there's so many people. What? Look, Russ, Russell's a super smart guy, but there's other people that would could quickly pivot that are inside that tribe that would be able to quickly pivot and create another piece of software that would be either somewhat similar to it or whatever it is that people could use. So um, I was just always curious about that because I know that there's a lot of people that are, are really... Are funnel hackers. I mean, that's that's what they are. That's what they call themselves, and and so they rely heavily on the software. And I was always I was always concerned that it would make them vulnerable in some way um, with the talents that they actually have that they rely on that software. But I know that you have backup plans in place. I know a lot of a lot of my more intelligent agency owners always have backup plans in place, have multiple Facebook business manager pages and things of that nature because we all know how that is. So getting into the to, towards the end here, because this if you guys, I mean this the story of of trajectory for this young lady is is really, really amazing. Um but a lot of my listeners they always there's 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 they, they always love the two question six answers because that's like the nitty gritty stuff, right? They always want to know, all right, give me the secret tips and trick and this, that, and everything else. That's what people love when I do. Like uh, lately I've been doing a lot more of them and people are like, that's, so now I'm starting to do more of the tips and trick things of like how to, you know, figure out the stuff. Um, so I'm gonna ask two questions. You're gonna give me three answers for each question. Okay. Okay, don't be stressed. Did you see when she looked up? She's, I'm intrigued. You went like super pressure. All right. <laughs> First question is gonna be super easy. First question, three mobile apps that you use on a daily basis, not social media apps, they use it on a daily basis to create content. To create mobile content? Apps. Create content. Um, I'm looking at my apps right now. Um, I use a teleprompter, I use trim and cut, and I use, uh, I keep wanting to say social media apps. Um, productive. Those are all three apps. I've never used any of those three apps. And I'm so happy that you said three mobile apps that I've never used. Love it. If you said three mobile apps that I use, I would be like, fuck. No, you gotta go again. You'd be like, God damn it. That's awesome. All right, so break down to me the first one. What what's the first one do? Uh wait, which ones did I say? Uh teleprompter. I mean teleprompter. It's an app that I use to read my script if I need to read from a script. Um, when you're shooting video yeah okay great Um, trim and cut is just it's a small it's a video editing software so if I just I have a long video I can cut the pieces that I need Um, and then productive it's not necessarily a content creation app but it's like a productivity app that a lot of my daily content creation routines are in there so it keeps me on track with what I need to be doing every day and I'm I'm a check things off the list kind of person so the app is just that for me got it love it if you guys don't know those apps or if you're looking for three of those apps that could help you do that. I know that I always talk about apps, but those three I've not talked about yet. So those are three great ones that you guys could try to utilize. Great answers. Great, great answers. Second question. This is going to be like a two-parter. Give me three tips on how to better to get better engagement on, and let's say Facebook posts, because some of my listeners, traje- they, 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 they trend up in age a little bit. They're more Facebook users than they are Instagram users, but maybe some are on Instagram. Give me three little like tips that okay. you that you use personally that work for you. Um, a good picture that captures the emotion of the following copy. 
the copy has to bring them through a story like hook story offer or even just it has to have a story arc to it it's not just like a bunch of crap it's just like here is and the top line this is i guess the third tip that kind of mixes in with the second is that first line has to have a hook that captures the attention um and it can be polarizing it can be something that's like in your face that gets them to keep reading and then within the post is a story arc what's your what's your take on using emojis and copy i like it a lot okay. first before the copy in the first sentence um not always okay what's your take on hashtags on facebook never can you tell me why because it's fucking true as shit but can you tell me why i see it and i think it's amateur i think that if you're putting hashtags on facebook you don't know the platform that you're on hashtags do not belong on facebook thank you for confirming that i've been saying that since when i see people put hashtags 2016 or 17 yeah i think that they need a better social media manager thank you for saying that i appreciate that how many how many hashtags on instagram I know um, it max out is max out is at 30 but how many do yeah, you Yeah, you can do up to 30. Um I think like 10, 15 is good. Got it. How many stories a day? Oh, that's where I differ because I can go long and I can create but the thing is they have to be good stories. Yeah. So, and I try to be a stand-up comedian on my Instagram stories, so that's where where my humor I, that's my playground. Um so but I like maybe like 8 to 10. If they yep. go longer than 10, then you have to make sure that they are entertaining enough to keep people watching. Otherwise, I'm like, "Whoa, this is too long and I skip through." Agreed. Agreed. All great. All great things. These are great tips. Give me one motivational tip to help somebody today. Uh, commitment doesn't care how you feel. Commitment doesn't care how you feel. And then give me that one other quote real fast of uh that you mentioned that you said was like just an awesome quote you said earlier in the episode. Oh yeah, um helping people doesn't stop just because your life isn't perfect. Yeah. Too strong ones. Hardcore too strong, really good quotes. Marley, thank you for being one. Where can everybody follow you? Cuz I know um, you're everywhere. You're just like me. Yeah, um Instagram at Marley Jacks, that's J A W X. Same thing with Facebook, same thing with YouTube. YouTube there's uh two to four to even five times a week video trainings that go up on there. My Instagram stories, like I said, I try to be a stand-up comedian. I think I'm funny, so if you think I'm funny too, we can hang out in the DMs and laugh together. She's definitely funny. Like trust me, here's the deal. If you go follow her, you're not going to not enjoy the content. You're going to learn stuff, which is really cool. So you're going to laugh, you're going to learn, and you're going to get a lot of really good information that probably is going to end up helping you and then um to reach out to you about utilizing you for anything uh, same situation links are all in the bios right yeah yeah okay. um and i'm very active in instagram dms so send me a message anytime um real quick before you go have you are you fucking around with tiktok at all my best friend is obsessed with it she's kind of tiktok famous and she keeps trying to trying to get me on it um i just i i not yet i've done a little bit but i i have not put in the time yet I can tell you and this is the truth. I can tell you based on looks, humor and information you would blow up on TikTok. I just got to learn it. I really believe that if you would just if you downloaded the app tonight, I have it. Okay. I believe if you just go, I mean literally go into YouTube and just type in like how, basics on how to use TikTok just go through it real fast and and there's a like if you if you follow me on TikTok there's a couple guys that I'll like tell you to follow yeah now yeah just at it's just Todd Collins official and I hate that it's Todd Collins official by the way just so everybody knows and I always say this because there's some somebody took Todd Collins somebody's taking Todd Collins on like just Todd Collins on like every single thing so I just kept it the way it was on Instagram. I tried to buy the Instagram of Todd Collins and they, I I don't know if the guy's dead or what but but I can tell you that like it's massively addictive but you can learn so much from so many people in 15 seconds like it's not even funny but I know for a fact based on how your Instagram stories are and this is why you should go follow on Instagram. But I can tell you based on how your Instagram stories are that your TikToks would be off the chain. Well, I'll, that'll be my next project then. All right. Well, I'm now if you're following me. Yeah, I am. And I do have I do have TikTok. I just 
haven't utilized it very well yet. There's quite possible, it's quite a possibility that I might do a TikTok and then like shot her out and then like she's gonna have to do one. Then there's pressure. Now there's like massive pressure on her. So dude, I appreciate you coming on the episode. It means so much to me. I know how busy you are right now. I know that, you know, the last two, three weeks of your life has been friggin' whirlwind. Um, <laughs> you deserve it. Um, it's cool to see, uh, especially it's, it's just so cool to see women just, just super powerful positions right now and just kicking ass and really going out there and putting out really good information, educating people, making people feel good about themselves. It's just great to see. And it's great to be connected with people like you. Thank you. You got it. All right, guys, that is the episode. Uh, next week we have, um, the mortgage guy, that mortgage guy, he is from Maryland and he actually just blew the fuck up on TikTok. He's got 11 thousand followers i think i believe right now and he's closing like three to four mortgages a month off of tiktok which is insane this guy's nuts and so that might be a good episode for you to listen to because this guy's like got tiktok figured out so um hope you guys enjoy that episode thanks again marley i appreciate it thank you all right has been a Todd Collins official production in conjunction with Platinum Reputations. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Todd Collins Official or visit us at www.toddcollinsofficial.com. Want to be on the show or become a sponsor? Message us on Facebook and tell us why.